0: Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God, Rich Kollenberg, shares 10 messages about God who loves you more than you can imagine. A God that wants you to understand Him. And yes, a God that welcomes your difficult questions about Himself and the way He runs His universe. Rich found freedom 18 years ago from his out-of-control life of drug addiction and alcoholism when God found him. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich on Freedom to Choose.
1: Okay, and so she says that this happens and she has it In her research, in her uh, brain scans, she demonstrates, now here's what's interesting, she demonstrates the same is true if a hungry person sees food, showing, say, for a brain scan of a hungry person being shown a picture of a hamburger. Okay? So it's working the same way. See, we're all in the same boat, whether we're a drug addict, and we'll get into all kinds of addictive things here in a second, but we're all in the same boat, okay? Okay? The scan reveals a dopamine rush. It just basically stimulates the release of dopamine, and the more they release, the more they want the food. Vocal Tell Safer, we always say, well, why do we have a problem with obesity in our society? And I said, we're surrounded by stimuli with which we are conditioned. If you like hamburgers, you may see that McDonald's yellow arches and then the dopamine goes inside your brain and you want a hamburger and you don't know why. You see? This may explain why there are so many obese people who just can't say no no to food. If it were easy to just say no, I think we would have no problem. She points to her own difficulties in resisting the things she likes, such as chocolate and coffee that she sometimes can't resist. Now, here's the deal. She knows she shouldn't do it. But she says, I'm a very wired person, so I shouldn't drink more coffee. But at some times, I can't resist, she tells Safer. So saying to someone, just say no, is magical thinking. She thinks. But we know different. We know different. Now, let's talk a little bit about the power of thought. Because as we get into addictive behavior, we have, to, um, we have to first understand that we usually 99.9% of the time don't do anything unless we think about it first. I mean, every once in a while we go, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I wasn't thinking, but for the most part. So let's talk about it. This is from Schizophrenia Bulletin. What you are thinking right now can actually change the chemical composition of your brain cells and the rest of your central nervous system. What does that mean? If you're sitting here right now thinking angry thoughts, you're teaching your brain to become an angry brain. If you're thinking happy thoughts, you're teaching your brain to become a happy brain. Are you understand what I'm saying? And this means physically changing the brain. And we're going to look at what happens to physically change it. Our brains form how much? A million new connections every what? Second of our lives. Can you comprehend that? Four million since I just said that. Your brain just, okay? It's in these changing connections that memory, 10 million since I said that, your brain just made, okay? It's in these changing connections that memories are stored, personalities are shaped, and habits, and what? What? Habits are learned. So you get all these connections going on, and this is how we learn habits. Habits are actually chemical reactions that go on in the brain, and this is what she's talking about. when she ta- And this is what the, the, the book is talking about, that what you think changes the structure of your brain. What you do changes the structure of your brain. So have you ever... I know I, I grew up in J Street over here in Lincoln, and when I used to walk to school... I used to walk to Glenn Edwards Elementary School. I used to cut across someone's lawn like this, see, and it were a path in the lawn. And once you do that a few times, once you've got the path there, you don't really look anymore where you're walking because your peripheral vision sees the path and you naturally walk in that path. You, you with me? Okay. Now, what happens in the brain, and I'm not going to get real scientific because I don't understand it all anyway. So. Uh, but I'm just going to show you what kind of happens. An action potential comes down the axon, okay? Activates the vesicles, the vesicles permeate, permeate the membrane, the dopamine comes out into the synaptic cleft, and then, for lack of a better word, lands on the, the next cell. Receptors are, are, so, and that's the connection, and this happens over and over, and those connections are strengthened the more those those uh, those cells fire in the brain to illustrate the best and this is not actually what happens what happens is when those cells fire they actually strengthen and, and, and they become stronger and stronger but to make sense in our minds it, this works very well because because it uh, because it does it just works really well. Okay, it really does, trust me. Uh, When I was about this tall, maybe seven years old, um, my grandfather owned a dairy outside of Lincoln here out on Garden Bar Road. And he had an old um, 57 GMC pickup. Four-speed with, what was that gear that would go real slow? Granny. Granny gear, yeah, right. He had that granny gear, right, in his truck. And he had, and he had the dairy, right? So he had this huge flat field out there, okay. And and what he did was he had this huge flat field, and around that field was the road, okay. And what he would do was he had sprinkler pipe that he had to change, okay. The old aluminum sprinkler pipe's like 20 feet long or so, so he would put that truck in granny gear and then he would put me behind the wheel of that truck and he would let that truck go. And it would crawl along at about a walking pace and he would pick up the sprinkler pipe and put it on the truck as the truck went by, okay? Now, let me ask you a question. Who's driving the truck? Not the seven-year-old kid. Who thinks they're driving the truck? The seven-year-old kid. What is really driving the truck? The ruts in the road. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the way it is with us. Who's driving the truck? We think we're driving. We're not driving. It's the ruts in the road that are driving. Now, if they're bad ruts, we have bad habits that drive us. If they're good ruts, we have good habits that that drive us. Are you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Now, these ruts can become very old, very deep, Very encrusted, very hardened, and very hard to get out Uh, of. And that's where we get the saying, I'm in a rut. Literally, your brain is in a rut. Okay? So, not only does dopamine relay the sensation of pleasure, but it motivates our behavior via expectations. Now, once again... This is what happens. If the ruts are bad ruts, bad habits, they're hard to get out of, and we do what we like, and we like what we do. So when we are drawn away by our own lusts, the ruts are already there. That's what excites us. That's what motivates our behavior via expectation. That's what we do. Let's use an example of someone who has, um, oh, I don't know what kind of addiction. Um, somebody give me a behavioral addiction, a gambling. A gambling, behavior, that's a behavioral, we'll talk about what kinds of addictions are here in a little bit. But a gambling addiction, the person thinks about the gambling, the person then, their behavior is motivated because that's what they do. And the more they think about it, The more the dopamine goes, the more easier. Now, I think about gambling, it doesn't do anything to me. Why? There's no ruts there. I'm not a gambler. Now, I can think of other things where there's ruts, and I can be tempted by it. But the gambler, if he thinks about it, and and there's nothing for him to do but think about that, you know what? He's going gambling. If that's all he's going to do is sit and think about it, what we think changes the chemical chemical composition of our brain cells, okay? So, this is why the dopamine levels rise if an addict should see a photo of a substance they abuse, or if a gambler sees a photo of a card game, or a slot machine, okay? And they're drawn away by their own lusts. Why is it their own lusts? Because that's what they do. That's where their ruts are. Is this making sense? We like what we do, we do what we like, so we like what we do, so we do what we like. And we continue this over and over. And the ruts get stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, let's talk about habits. Is walking a habit? Yeah. See, at one point in time in your life, your brain had to learn how to fire in order for you to walk. And it was a great big day when you took your first step, and, you, and your brain figured out how to put one foot in front of the other, right? And now it would be a real pain for me to have to think about walking when I'm up here trying to talk and move my hands and all think. And so God made us this way. It's a very, very good way to be made, wouldn't you agree? To be a person that did not have to think about everything he did. What about a routine? Can a routine be a habit? What about your your daily shower routine? Do you have a shower routine? I know I do. I do certain things in a certain order for a certain reason, and I don't even think about it. So not only can specific things be habits, routines can be habits. Okay. So your brain is very complex. What about your reaction towards waiting in a line? Could that be a habit? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that problem myself. My wife does. (laughs) <laughs> it's the opposite. I really have a problem with lines. I'm getting the victory, though. It used to be terrible. When I first got clean and sober, if we went to a, we're going to go maybe on a rare occasion, go out to dinner, and then we'd come around the corner and look at the restaurant, and there's a line coming out of it. Nah, we're not eating. We're not. In fact, we're not even eating out tonight. I would just, nah, because I wanted to eat there. There's a line. We're out of here. So it'd be terrible. I had a horrible reaction. What about a line like that? Huh? Is there anything you can do about it? There's nothing you can do about it, but pound your fist on the dash, right? Does that make sense? Behavioral addiction, to be angry at something like that over and over and over. That is a behavioral addiction. So, what is an addiction? Very simply put, a habit that controls you, you don't control it. See, there are good things that we do, but I am not controlled by by my teeth brushing. I tell my arm when and where to brush my teeth, right? I tell myself when to go to bed, and it doesn't control me. They're very good, you know, I tell myself when to comb my hair, and it doesn't control me, right? But there are habits that can control us that becomes an addiction when the habit controls you they're divided into two classes substance and behavioral okay substance and behavioral now this is where it becomes fun what are some addictive substances well you got alcohol okay tobacco imitation carob (laughs) We always get a reaction when that comes up, and I can't figure out why. But we'll talk about why because we will know, we know why. Okay, candy, sugar, drugs, coffee, soda. Okay, behavioral. That's me right there. Overeating, overexercise. Nobody does any of this, right? Okay. Television, television bad in and of itself, but can it be an, an, an addictive behavior? Yeah, it can. It can get the better of us. Anger, anger is a behavioral addiction. Jealousy is a behavioral addiction. Michelle was talking earlier about anxiety and stress. Believe it or not, that is a behavioral addiction. Something that controls you, you don't control it, Okay. Gossip, ooh, don't go there, right? Overachieving. What else have we got? Music can be an addiction, sexual addictions, and of course, gambling. These are behavioral, and you can think of other ones, Botox is a behavioral addiction. There's many, you know, texting, whatever. It's a habit that controls you. You don't control it. Very simply. It's very simple. Okay, so who makes the choice? This is the key. When you're addicted to something, the choices you are making are not your choices, but choices your what? Your habit is making for you. Right? Now, what is the biblical what is the biblical text for this? Remember this. They promised them freedom while they themselves are slaves of what? Slaves of destructive habits. For we are slaves of anything that has conquered us. What does that mean? What does it mean? It's something that has conquered us. Well, we have an indication here in Jude. Okay? We have a part to play in this. Jude 1.7 says, Even as Sodom, Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner, what's that phrase? Giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, giving themselves over. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? What does it mean to give oneself over? If we all can find that out, then we'll say, hey, I'm not going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah. If I know what it means to to give oneself over, I'm not going to do that. So I need to know what that is. You need to know what it means to give oneself over? I do too. So you have in your brain, I'm gonna split it up because uh, it's not really all split up, but we're gonna split it up to talk about it so it makes sense to us, okay? You have a, a place here in your brain and you have a place here in your brain, okay? And you have influence right here. So in other words, the mind is governed by the will. That will is influenced by thoughts and feelings. You with me so far? Okay. Now, you have a spiritual nature. That's where you reason. That's where your conscience is. And that's where your center of worship is. That's where everything makes sense. Okay? But then you have something else down here. This is, this is uh, set up here by God to be a wonderful thing for a person. But the problem is, we have perverted that. Genetic vulnerabilities, we all have them. They're different for each one of us, but we have them. Basically, what are genetic vulnerabilities? They're selfishness, okay? So, you have reason, and you have selfishness. Sensualism, materialism, and egoism. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, okay? Three main things that pull at us, always, okay? The so-called executive functions of the frontal lobes involve the ability to recognize future consequences resulting from current actions. Everybody get what I'm saying? You're constantly, your brain is constantly judging what are the future consequences of my current actions? Should I say this to my wife or should I not? Maybe I'd better not say it because there's future consequences to my current actions. Right? Gentlemen, would you agree that you watch what you say to your wife because there are future consequences of those current actions? Now, you, when you're going to pull out in front of a car, you determine how far away it is and say, whoa, not a good idea. There's future consequences pulling out if that guy's only 100 yards away, right? You're constantly going through, what am I going to eat? There's future consequences resulting from these current actions. Those are the executive functions of the frontal lobes To choose, be, choose between good and bad, override, suppress, unacceptable social responses. Sometimes you want to say something to someone in the heat of the moment, but your spiritual nature, your frontal lobe says, not a good idea. Don't do it. And you don't do it and you're glad you didn't say something in the heat of the moment. In that that instance the spiritual nature wins out. But sometimes the little switch behind the ear gets flipped and you get angry and you say something you shouldn't have said because the lower nature took over and we said forget about the future consequences i'm saying it anyway okay so what is this broccoli isn't it it's broccoli it is and what is this ah smiles moans groans happiness why why was something like that would everybody get excited, but nobody gets excited about broccoli? Huh? Why would that be? Our good old friend, dopamine, okay? Remember I said that the dopamine would go off if an addict even saw a photo of the substance they abused? Should even see a photo of the substance they abused. I'm not saying anybody abused that Sunday. I'm not saying that at all. But there's a reason why the dopamine went off. Remember, our, our behavior is motivated via expectations. Okay? Like drugs, sugar stimulates the release of what? Dopamine. a feel. And if we watched Michelle's presentation the other night, it showed exactly what happens with that dopamine. A feel-good neurotransmitter, among other functions, however, eating protein or other foods... Doesn't cause as a bigger rush of happy chemicals. So when you're eating uh, your carrots and your broccoli and your cauliflower, it's not going to cause a big rush. But something happens when you eat that Sunday sugar is somewhat unique. Now this is from um, this is from breaking the food seduction by Dr. Neil Bernard. Sugar tr- triggers the release of natural opiates in the brain. It also has a marked appetite driving effect. Okay? Once it touches your lips, sugar's opiate effects break through the dam holding back your appetite. An army of dietitians couldn't save you from the binge. The opiates are busily resetting all of your internal priorities. So not only are you getting a dopamine rush, but you're getting the opiate effect. Now, let's see if this holds true. Have you ever been at someone's house for lunch or dinner and they serve you dinner five course a meal nice and you're all done with the meal and you're sitting back in the chair about half glazed over and you're full and you know it right and then what happens she comes around the corner with that whatever apple pie chocolate cake who knows And the first thing, logic and reason say, no, wait a minute, Rich, you're full. You already agreed on that. Logic, but then you say, well, I don't want to insult the host, right? The hostess, just give me a little slice, right? Right? And after you eat that little slice, you could eat the whole pie. You know what I'm saying? It changes, it resets everything. And that's what's so dangerous about sugar. That's what's so dangerous. So, now, what does it mean to give oneself over? This is what it means to be free, right here. The brain says, stop, I've eaten enough food, I've exercised enough for today. no thank you, I don't need any more of that. Your brain, logic and reason are in control, okay? Logic and reason are in control. This is called living according to the spirit. The right amount of dopamine has gone through the brain chemical progression there. Okay, that's good. But what happens now when reason gets overridden by too much dopamine, okay? Reason gets overridden by too much dopamine. Sugar, cigarettes, drugs, whatever, cause a rush of dopamine. The pleasure cell says, that was intense. Let's do it again. I really like that, okay? This is what it means to be in bondage. The brain is demanding a certain behavior to make the body temporarily feel good regardless of the long-term damage it will do. You understand what I'm saying? This is called living according to the flesh. Now, we start liking the brain stimulation of the pleasure so much that we choose it more and more and more and more ruts, ruts, ruts get deeper.
0: Thank you for love listening them. to Freedom to Choose and this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God. If you or someone you know is living in addiction captivity and having trouble finding God, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for yourself or someone you know, just give them a call and they'll send it to you. 916 645 1297 or go to JusticeIamMinistries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916 645 1297 or JusticeIamMinistries.com. Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.